Hello and welcome to the live broadcast of Black Mentors Podcast, where we ask, listen, learn, and invest in the knowledge and truths of black males from all socioeconomic backgrounds. We also advocate for positive images and narratives of black males in all forms of media. I'm your host, Rodney Harmon, and we're joined today by our guest, Mike Jackson. Mike is a single parent, and he runs a couple of programs called the Q Project and the Stand Up for Life. Today, we're going to speak to him about his role in being a local activist. How you doing today, Mike? I'm doing just fine. And yourself? Pretty good, Mike. Let's get the uh, elephant out the room right off the bat. Right. Uh, you know, as far as uh, we see you, uh, your leg has been amputated. Uh, could you explain a little bit about that in your life period? Yes, sir. Um, you know, I went through a series of... Uh, medical situations that uh, created an infection in my leg and I was told to stop working but I couldn't you know because I you know had kids to raise and being a single parent you know we have to be able to feed them and take care of them so I made the uh, sacrifice and the choice to continue to work against the doctor's will and uh, ended up in result was I was losing my leg and um, so I always, you know, I, it took me a minute to really grasp that in my life. You know, that took a lot from me. But at the end of the day, you know, I settled with the understanding that uh, we parents always talk about the sacrifice that we'll do for our children. And I just went ahead and showed that more than I did speak about it. Okay. Uh, explain a little bit more about your life. If you grew up here in Topeka or where did you grow up? Um, originally... Uh, my family is from Osceola, Arkansas, and, uh, you know, um, as a boy, you know, we, uh, you know, I grew up, I spent a lot of time with both my grandparents, um, uh, one set of grandparents, and my father's uh, mother and father owned a farm, and so as a young boy, you know, we learned to farm and hunt and those things out there on the property. Um, uh, fast forward, uh, being young, uh, I lost my mother at a young age. We were about nine years old and um, found my mother dead at home from carbon monoxide poisoning. So um, me and my sisters uh, had to had to deal with that to grow up in a world without a mother's love. I'm telling you, that's a, it's a heck of a movement. Um, I went from that to... After that, uh, moving in, we moved in with my father here out in Topeka, and that's how we got to Topeka. Um, and I've been here the most of my life. Uh, left here at one point and lived in St. Louis for a while. Uh, I was getting in trouble here, and that was the end result was, you know, I went up there to try to get myself straightened out, but ended up in some more problems. Okay. All right. Uh as far as the problems that you say you ended up in, what can you explain to our readers or our listeners what that might have been? Yes, um, I got involved in gang activity. I got involved in the sales of uh, narcotics in the streets uh, and those things, a lot of gang banging, like I said, a lot of sales of narcotics and uh, just caught up in that street life. You know, I was a lost young man. Um, looking for guidance and and those things and not saying that you know I didn't have family love but I was kind of like the black sheep in the family a little bit if you kind of understand that 
And so I was always had a, a rogue mind that, you know, I, I had to go and know about this and know about that. And, and, um, which ultimately led me to all these bad decisions at one point. Okay. All right. But you change your life around. And that's the main thing is, uh, what people don't understand is, you know, we have, uh, adversities in life and sometimes we go down the wrong road but uh someone in your life didn't give up on you can you explain who that person was i'm gonna be honest with you that person was actually a judge okay and that was uh nancy parish um i had came before her on a drug on a drug case and um uh the attorneys really weren't speaking I, at that time, I felt like they, you know, I had a court-appointed attorney that really wasn't speaking in my behalf, and so I spoke for myself. And when I did that, the uh, the judge said that the way that I spoke, and I was such a prolific a prolific speaker, that she felt like that if she gave me the opportunity, that I would change my life and I could do something good. And uh, that was the person that that woke me up. Okay. Oh, that's good. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about uh, the Q Project or and or the Stand Up for Life that you currently do? Um, the Q Project came about um, after I buried my last son. I lost two sons to uh, violence. Um, the Q Project came about, like I said, after my, my uh, second son was killed. His name was uh, Daquan Jackson, but everybody called him Q. So um, we took that and uh, used that as the uh, as the monogram for the for the project. Um, the Q project. Um, after there were like, uh, I want to be honest, probably twenty kids sitting in my living room after my son was killed, and uh, they all had guns, and they all just kept saying, "Pop, what you want to do?" what you want to do. And, and, uh, I sat there and openly, I would like to say that, you know, that's a lot of pressure when you're already dealing with, um, the loss of, of a child. I mean, that can't, that went before you, um, and mentally I was struggling about what I wanted to do. Okay. All right. So where where to go from there when you uh what made you come up with the project itself that what in that meeting with those young uh men in your living room that made you come up with the project? Because um I felt like that I was being uh placed in a position to make a hard decision. You know, here I had uh a life altering thing that just happened to me, but then I got all these young men sitting in my front room prepared to do something bad if I said yes. And so that told me what type of um, influence I had on these young people okay. and the type of love that they have for me. And with that, you know, I just couldn't see sending somebody else's child into war. Okay. I just couldn't see that. All right. So, uh, that was a Q project, and is that still in operation now? Yes, okay. yes. Okay. I mean, it's it's in partner. Uh, we're you know intertwined with uh, Stand Up for Life. Um, 
the Q project part of it is we do a lot of mentoring in the schools and and uh, places where where youth are are gathered and need help or need to talk. I mentor a lot of kids. Um, sometimes it's two o'clock in the morning, three o'clock in the morning. A kid may be in a situation, and I'll get a call from an officer. Uh, saying that they have a kid in trouble and if there's anything that maybe I can help out with. So either sometimes I'll drive out to where that kid is or or I'll just get on the phone with those kids and, and, and try to make a difference or at least bring some type of balance to their life. Okay. All right. So where did the Stand Up for Life come in? The Stand Up for Life came in uh, when me and uh, Donette uh, – started partnershiping and uh seeing that we were fighting the same cause and and on the same mission uh we decided that we would collaborate with each other because it was strength in numbers and uh, she's a very prolific speaker herself and uh, so you know we just joined forces and made this happen okay now uh when you say dot you mean Donette Elkins? Donette Elkins, yes. Okay. Thank you for the correction. All right. Yes, Donette Elkins. And then she is uh, also partnered with you on the, you have a uh, radio station too? Right. Her and uh, Dion Moss. Okay. And uh, Edward Elkins are my partners in this business. Um, and then we have GB Hot 97's uh, radio station, which we uh, just got a building in Kansas City to start. Uh, broadcasting things are being put together as we speak okay now what is that uh gbr or the gbr hot 97 gb hot 97 uh black podcast radio station okay uh, we are the first uh being licensed and everything in the state of kansas um the 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 radio station was important and i want to say it all started from from us being djs this grapevine uh, my brother Red, who is who has preceded uh, and passed, has already you know he passed on. It was his dream to do a radio station in a black newspaper because he always felt like um, what's happening to black and brown people. We don't really get the full coverage of information, so it's important that there was somebody that could tell our story fully and not half tell the story. Okay. Now you mentioned. Uh Red, which we know as uh, Keith Shabazz. Yeah. How so. how important was he in your life before he passed away? Man. You know, when you pray uh, for change in life, You never know where the vessel is going to come. Yes. And I was in a hard spot in my life where everything was towering down when I met Red. And that brother changed my life with the tools that he handed me. Um, he took me to what they called an FOI meeting, which is the fruit of Islam for the nation of Islam. And that day changed everything about me because of that brother okay is that what led you down the path that you're on now that's right um 
he shed light on a lot of things and him introducing me to Islam and Islam to me, uh, we made a marriage. And the things that I learned and studied and I still study um, helped me evolve from where I came from. And I'm not, a, let me say, I'm not ashamed of anything that I've ever done because uh, those things critique the man that I am today. Yes. Okay. All right. Um, now, as far as Red, what uh, did you know Red before he made that transformation in you? Yes. Uh, okay. I'm going to tell you a story. You know, I, I, I met Red. Um, we were younger, and Red had a moped. And yes. there was a young lady in the apartment complex I was trying to impress. So I didn't really know Red. I just saw him on the moped. And I All said, right. hey, I said, hey, man, there's this girl right around there. I just want to take her for a couple of rides. Can I just borrow that? And Red just kind of looked at me because we didn't know each other. And he was yeah. like, I can respect that. And so, you know, I go around the corner and get the girl on. Long story short, me and her get on. We slide in some sand and I wreck his moped. Yeah. And uh, I've come pushing it back around the corner and Red's just looking at me. And I said, man, I had a wreck. And I said, man, I don't even know what to say to you. And the brother just said, man, don't worry about it. Hugged me and pushed his moped home. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was Red. Yeah, uh, that was Red. Yeah. A lot of people uh, knew Red from, I knew Red from middle school and stuff. That's right. And, and uh, you know, uh, a lot of people back then didn't, didn't understand the nation of Islam. Right, you know, right, and Red always had to explain to people what his name meant, what his last name meant, to right, people, right, you know, and he he definitely could explain it to you, you know, oh, and yeah. what it meant. So yes, yes, uh, um, the thing that 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 we both loved and and shared all the time about Islam was the fact that it the study time, the times when the pat when the minister would always say, "Brothers, don't take for what I say; go research it for yourself." Yes. And then you can find the truth. And when you find the truth, brothers, you have to deal with that. And that was always uh, the love mentality that we have for the nation, because it taught you to not just take a man's word, but to research those things so that you have the facts. Yes. You know, because most people um, worry about the dialogue and the gossip. They don't care about the facts. No. You know, the facts changes all the paradigm. It'll change the paradigm when you have the facts. Yes, exactly. And and I, and I tell people a lot that a man can bring the message, but he's not the message. That's right. You know, that's right. That's a fact. You know, he that's could right. bring it, but he's not the message. Just I like agree. you said, you need to go and research a little bit on your own. Uh, how would you educate the public about the issues of gun violence and what stand up for life actually means? Um, when I come out, I talk to them about um, family, structure, life, uh, economics. All these things are important because they all play the factor in the violence. If you know, if there's if I come from a community where there's no money there's no 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 jobs and and no opportunities then the only thing that i turn to is what i know and that's the hustle yeah. and and you know in those situations they create the atmosphere for death yeah um 
And a lot of times I talk to communities, you know, about making sure that they sit with their children and they talk to them about good relationships, bad relationships and what to do if you're in a situation that you're not really having a lot of understanding or you're having a great problem with before it escalates to something that you can't come back from. Um, and those things are so important. Um, um, especially touching on family love and structure is most is the most critical. Yes, exactly. All right. Now you probably answered this question earlier without even knowing there was going to be a, or yeah, without even knowing that I was going to ask this question. Basically, but did you choose to be an activist or were you called to activism? I was called. I I honestly believe that I was called to this. Okay. You know. Um, like I said, when you have self-knowledge of self, um, then you begin to understand what your mission is in life. And I knew that uh, my position in life is a healer of hearts and minds. So for me to go the direction of an activist was right up the way that it was supposed to be. You know, um, I know a lot of people say uh, things are, are happen by accident and those things. I don't believe in that. I believe that that uh it's already written what direction you're supposed to go okay and so right. it was written for me to be here all the cards laid all the you know let me sum it up and say this you know um when you're playing cards i always tell people that um in life uh god shuffles the decks and the people deal the cards yeah that's a fact all right like our uh our live went out here phone got hot okay but we're going to keep on with this audio section okay. of it uh what drives you to be successful in your activism wanting to see change and wanting to spread love to my people and 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 wanting them to live okay um now you mean by spreading love what do you mean by exactly spreading love for us to when i mean spreading love um when you spread love it, it, my mate my famous words is is uh you know i want to come out in the community and love on as many people as i can um because that's what's missing you know we spend too much time with these frowns on our faces yeah looking at each other in crooked eyes and bad ways and and it's been to our demise for so long that we forget the true uh, pathway to bring us back to each other, back to that village, which is love. And uh, so it's so important for me to get out here and spread that, not just through words, but by example, leading by what I do. Okay. All right. Uh, what is the hardest and most honest leadership cr critique that you have received from your colleagues like Danette? Um. I would say um, them having to remind me that um, I can't always save everything. Yes. Them reminding me of that because um, I take us personal. Okay. I take all of us personal and uh, I take our communities personal. Yeah. Now, is that a hard critique to receive at times? It, it It is at times because 
you know, like I said, we, we, you want to love, all you want to do is just see your people love so much. And when you see envy and hate and, and, um, and you know, this, the, the division, it's like, it, it, it cuts to the core in you yeah. and you try to figure out, you know, um, what didn't I do? Yes. Okay. Um, what adversity have you faced in life that made you the person that you are today? I understand you told us earlier about you had two sons that passed away in uh, violent acts and stuff. Um, if you can, uh, could you basically take us through how you found out about your sons passing away and what as as men and especially as black men we we tend not to grieve you know so what course would you you know uh, recommend for a parent to take if they ever find out this information about their kid and and how did your grieving process go to where did you go to talk to a counselor did you talk to you know anyone about it besides just family members or how how long did you hold it up before it actually blew up I could tell you that uh, every day is a new trial. Okay. And every day is a struggle. Okay. Um, people say that time heals all wounds. I tell them they're lying. Yes. That doesn't happen. You know, you just come to a place in your life where you're semi-comfortable with what you know. You know that my son is okay. My sons are okay. You know, they're in the comfort of God, you know. Um, it took me a while to get there. The only way that I was able to even manage all of this without going to see a counselor and all of those things was I had to seek the highest counsel because he knew best. Yes. And um, I spent a lot of time in prayer. I spent a lot of time uh, reading and just trying to recondition my mind from a trauma that that left me empty. Okay. Um, and I would say to anybody in that, in that position, you know, make sure that, make sure that you stop and really think about what this message is for you here. Okay. You know, and that was the importance to me was what was the message to, to why my sons um, lost their life. What was the message in that? Okay. And was one of the messages or was both of the messages that uh, the Q Project and the Stand Up for Life? Yes. Okay. It's told me we got work to do. All right. Okay. What, um, how do you balance your life between work, family, and speaking up for the community? Um, You know, it's it's not a it's not an easy task, you know, when I have to come home with the weight of the world on my shoulders and then try to ease that to the side when I look at my sons and I think about uh the things that I just came from doing. Maybe I just came from speaking at a young man's funeral or or um a room full of young men that are starving for truth and knowledge and hungry for somebody to put them on the right path 
And then I have to come home and deprogram myself and and try to figure out what's going on in my home and keep it balanced out too at the same time. It's a job. Yes. Okay. And um when you say it's 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 hard, uh we understand hard is different for every every different person and we understand that um you know, almost like a psychiatrist or psychologist. Uh, when you go speak to people, you tend to, after your presentation, you have a lot of people that come and talk to you afterwards. Right. And so you basically feel all of that, what, what they pour into you, Right. you know? So like you said, when you come home and you have to try to separate that, it's kind of hard to separate some stories that, these young men or women just told you, right? you know, and the stuff that you've been through and you can almost see where they're about to go because of what you've lived so far. Right. You know? Right. So, uh, what would you tell the young people nowadays dealing with all the stuff that they see on social media and dealing with all the, uh, violence toward black men, whether that, I mean, I say gun violence, I say, uh, police brutality, I say, uh, civilian you know violence against us you know i would say to them i love you and i appreciate you know you standing up even in the absences of us even in the absence of us adults that should be walking and shadowing with you the other side that i want to tell them also is get involved in politics Okay. Because that makes a lot of changes for us, you know. Um, um, yes, I mean, marching and protesting is good, but we have to march and protest in the right places. You know, and when I say right places, I mean city hall, capitals. Here in Kansas, is 50 bucks to lobby. You fill out the application and you pay that 50 bucks and you can go in and sit in on laws, the laws that you want to change. You'll be able to talk to those politicians and those things like that. If if you know and this is what I want young people to understand, your voice can be heard, but it's a way to do it. It's a way to do it and 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 get a uh, um, a response that you're looking for to help change. I'm I'm so proud of these young people right now for leading the fight, the fight that we as adults should have been leading. You know, the kids have made no excuses. They've stand up and took the reins and which they should. They're the next generation and we have to worry about them. Okay. All right. Uh, describe your current activism activities, meaning like, where does stand for life stand up for life uh where are you at right now are you in the school systems are you in the schools in Kansas City Topeka area we are we are in a mixture of both okay. i mean because i think that when you're doing activism um if you don't reach out to other entities and other organizations you're really not doing activism you know because one man can't solve a problem yeah and you know the thing that i love about uh, my team is we're not worried about where our name is and putting our name on something. We're just worried about partnershiping with whoever we can to bring about change. Okay. You know, like they said back in the day, you know, the village is the village. Yeah. And when we all collaborate, we become that village, you know, and and we have to we, we have to stand on that and get back to that. OK. All right.
if you can name one thing as far as the single most important reason for your success, uh, and this probably encompasses all the other questions that I brought up to you earlier, uh, but is there a one thing that encompasses your success or is there several? Um, I would say the ability to understand and envision. Okay. All right. Now, did you learn that through? I don't know how to put this question. Trial I don't and even error. Know, yeah, trial and error. <laughs> and I don't even know if it's a trial and error type of question. But I know when I've been dealing with young people years ago, and uh, a lot of young people that get in trouble mm-hmm. are usually the leaders. Yep. But they don't have no way to focus that energy towards something that they know is going to make a big difference. Right. So when you were young and you were getting in all that trouble, you were a leader at the time, but you just didn't know how to focus your energy. That's right. So it took that one judge that you said to have you to make you focus that energy towards something. Right. So how would you tell a young person that may be what they consider a class clown in school? Uh, how would you speak to them about focusing that same energy toward something that is going to make a difference in not only their life, but in the community's life? I would tell them to... Uh to work hard on whatever the craft is that they're trying to bring forward. Okay. You know, um, a lot of times, you know, young folk, you know, that attention seeking is, is covering up for something else that they don't know yes. or that they're ashamed of. Yes. Um, and I never believed on building on a person's weakness. I always stand on their strength. Yes. They can, they'll cover their own weaknesses later on. I promise. Yeah. Um, with young people, um, my biggest thing is always trying to encourage them to embrace whatever the art is that God has blessed them with, you know, because sometimes that if they focus on those things, whether they are a writer, whether they're a, 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 a singer or a rapper or an athlete or whatever it is that they're trying, that they're achieving as, and they know that they can achieve those goals without feeling ashamed or being embarrassed, you know, you stand up on those things. And and let that be the the gift that changes what's going on in you, and always trust God. Okay. Always right. trust God. Okay. Now, for the atheists, what would you tell them? Since more than likely, and I ask the pastors this a lot, more than likely, they they're not believing in God. They're not believing in a in in a higher power. They might believe in a spiritual power, but not so much as a higher power. How would you approach an atheist kid that says that what and same with you as far as like when you're when someone passes in your life, I think a lot of people question whether or not there is a God and why, you know, so what talk to the atheist the way that you came back to God or or not even came back to God that that you how you question God's motives as far as your son passing away and then you know you actually realizing that there was something else in the message besides that 
I would say to them that everything in this world has a natural order. Okay. And in knowing that, then you know that there is a procedure to how you do things. You know, I know that the grass didn't grow by itself and I know that the sun didn't start by itself. When when you look at the evolution of time and it's said that the world was created out of out of a trimester of three stages of a triple darkness. And when I talk to uh, people that I have spoke with people that are atheists and I and I give them a scenario, it's like something is higher than me and you because it 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 gave us the opportunity to to be able to create and procreate life yes um the same way the world was brought into existence is the same trimesters that a child comes through um it comes through three stages uh, three stages and it comes out of a triple stage of darkness the same way the world was existed and and like i said when you know that there is uh 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 these type of things is there is a balance somewhere somebody created and somebody made something happen whether you believe it or not it's facts as exists right in front of your face yes you might fight with the core excuse me of who god is but visually he's showing you who he is all around you every day you know this isn't man-made you okay. know um and it's okay, you know, I, I don't really have a problem really with what people believe because that's your choice. Everybody has that opportunity. Okay. You know, I just try to meet people on a level that they're on. Okay. Meet them where they're at? Right where they're at. Okay. All right. A couple of years ago, you were interviewed by Danette Elkins on the Talk Topeka. Oh, yes. All right. And you mentioned it's not the man, it's the mission of the man. That's right. Can you expand on that quote and, and does it still stand does it, it still hold t true today? Yes, sir. It, it holds facts. Uh, everybody, even in even in death, whatever your mission is that God sets for you, you don't escape it. Whether he brings you back and puts you somewhere else, you have to complete whatever the mission is. Um, and everybody's mission is different. You know, I know that mine is is, like I said, a healer of hearts and minds. So I'm supposed to be in the community serving the people. Okay. That's who I am. And that's my mission. And so I'm I'm married to that. Um and a lot of people don't marry the mission. That's why they don't that's why what they're doing sometimes isn't successful because they're more worried about who can see them do what than they are about just handling the business. Okay. All right. What um Now you mentioned you Danette and a couple other people are Dion partners. Moss. Dion Moss. Okay. Explain or describe them two people, uh, Danette and Dion. Describe them not a physical sense of, or basically a spiritual sense of what they mean to you and what they mean to your mission in life. I'm going to start with my brother, uh, with, with two of the brothers in this organization, and that's Edward Elkins and Dion Moss. Okay. Um, when God speaks as shepherds, that's how I view them. Okay. When they come out and look over the flock, they come with such a warm heart and clear vision about uh, the success of the community and the people. All right. 
they uh, give everything they have, everything they have, and 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 for men to stay in prayer and 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 and, and we cry together, you know, when when it's when we see a mass a mass hurt. You know, those are the type of brothers that that I walk with. And when it comes to Sister Donette, my sister, she brings the balance. She brings a full uh, balance of spiritual. Okay. Uh, between her and her husband, they 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 make uh, the room be at peace. Everything is open with prayer. Everything is end with prayer. And and at times we stop and just pray. Okay. You know, these are the type of of charismatic people that I surround myself with. All right. Now, how would someone that wants to get involved in being an activist or get involved with stand up for life, how would they reach out to you as far as on the online on the you know um you can reach us we're 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 all online. We have uh websites that are online, that are on Facebook, that are on YouTube, uh, our radio station, um, anybody can tune in. Uh, like I said, we, we do open podcasts. We talk about uh, community events and, you know, relationship things. Um, uh, now, the places you say online or in, on, on the Internet also. What? Right. Just look up GV Hot 97 and, and all of our sites will come up right underneath that. Okay. Spell uh, GV Hot. I understand. Uh, you know. Capital GV and then H-O-T Hot in, in the call letter 97. Okay. Um, I run the, uh, the political side, which is called Black Views. Um, and, of course, I keep you updated. Uh, with information that's happening to black and brown people all over the world. Okay. Because whether they're in Africa, whether they're in Egypt or, or any of those, of those areas in the Middle East area, you know, there are people. And what is affecting them is affecting us as well. Okay. So the radio station is up 24-7? 24-7. There's live streaming music, uh, soul jams, and then uncut. And then we have uh, Way to Worship. Okay. When is when do you do your black views? Uh black views goes every day, all okay. day. You know, um they could like I said, when they get on the when they get on and they pull it up and they see the sites, you can go into black views, it's information all over it. I mean so much information. Um if you miss something on some political views, they're there. Okay. Um anything that you think that you missed that you didn't or you heard about, you can check my site. I have it. I deal with editors with different editors from states and countries all the time. So, so I'm always, there's always information coming to me Okay. that, that I make sure that, that, uh, expeditiously gets to us. Okay. Now, do y'all have anything set up for like sponsorship for people that might want to donate to y'all or, um, yes, we do. Um, and those are also, those buttons are on the sites. Okay. Um, and, and we welcome that, um, you know, we, we, we fund a lot from our own pockets. Yeah, basically it's grassroots right now. That's right. Like you said, you That's this right. is information that the, that not only the community needs, but the public needs in general. That's right. That's you right. You know, you need both sides of the story. That's right. You know. And and that's what this station is designed is to give you the full information and not just get half the story. Then you got to try to piece it together like a puzzle. No, I want to give you everything. Okay. That way... Uh, 
that way um, you're able to sit back, analyze, and then come up with a conclusion of this and that. Okay. Now, uh, is there something that I may have left out that I should have that you think that I should have questioned you on, or is there something that you want to tell the uh, our listeners that I didn't bring up? Um, one thing I want to say is, uh, Mr. Harmon, you know what you're doing. You 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 know you should get a lot of recognition for it. Well, thank you. Because thank you. this is needed. You know, somebody that can come and tell the story of those that stay silent and we just move and take care of business. You know, we're not in the limelight. We're not trying to be there. You know, we just we just want to get the job done. Okay. All right. So we so I appreciate you for reaching out. I do. Okay. Well, I definitely appreciate everything that you do in the community. And like I said, uh, we know each other from when we were young. Yes, sir. But, of course, I moved away for like 20-something years. Yes, sir. And I'm back now. And so I'm trying to make a difference with just my podcast that show positive images and narratives of black men throughout, you know, yes, Topeka, sir. throughout the country. So, like you said, we could, we could see both sides of this story. We could see both sides of that rock that uh, the mainstream media only want to show you one side of it. Right. You know, right. so... Uh, I appreciate the respect that you have. And I, and like I said, from me to you, the respect is there on the same way. Thank with you. What y'all have going on with Donette, with her husband, with, uh, Dean, Dion, Dion. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm wishing y'all the best in everything. And I'm definitely going to be following y'all. If not even collaborating with y'all on some, we, different we welcome you to do that. You know, yeah. um, now as far as, uh, is there anything else, that you would like the community to know as far as like if you are y'all having any programs going on within the next well we're, we're working on some things right now like okay. i said we we kind of stay quiet about a little things okay. until we put everything where yeah. it needs to be um but one thing i want to say to our listeners and community out here is that you know i really want you to be more uh mindful and pay more attention to what's going on around you um this is serious you know um it isn't just sitting down and talking to your kids about making it home safe at night. It's about talking to you about how to be safe when you're out here, period. Yes. Because with the racial division and things that are happening, it's escalating really high. And people are being really bold. They're saying things, doing things. And we have to be aware. We have to really be aware. And um, I seen where they were having the blackout. I think that that's important. That's something that we need to implement all the time. That's been implemented in, in Atlanta and most major states for years. Yeah. For years to do the blackout. Um, and it's important because in order to rebuild Black Wall Street, we have to support us. Yes. And, you know, and, and, and people don't respect what we do because we don't stand up together to get it done. Um. I love the protests that have been going on in the streets. The only thing that I wanted was I wish that it was more dialogue. I wish that that there were more uh, people speaking on on deeper facts yes. that would change the condition of our community. And I just want to say when you go out and vote, make sure that the person that you're voting for understands that we don't want to hear what you're talking about anymore. Everything that we want has got to be in writing. 
Yes. If I'm going to vote for you, I need to see what you're going to do in my community. And I need it in writing. I don't want you to tell me about it. I just want it in writing. That's that's the stance that we need to be taking okay. as a community. Written form. And that's the only thing you could take to the court. That's the only <laughs> thing. That's the only thing that will change our condition. Because yep. you think about how many politicians have gotten your vote. And then you go up tomorrow and your, and your community still looks the same. Yes. Because we don't put pressure where pressure belongs. You know, uh, a lot of times we worry more about the presidency when we have no control over that, when we need to be more focused on who sits on our city council yeah, and who's local. sitting in our in our judge chambers. Yeah. Those are important. Yeah. Those facts change everything. Yeah. You local, know, local so, yeah. Stuff. So we have to get involved. Please get involved. Don't sit at home scared and live in fear, because if you do, that's your God. That's your new God. And the new God now is fear. You know, people are scared. And I understand. I do totally. But, you know, if you trust God, you can't walk in this world punctified. I'm just being honest. Yeah, I understand. Okay. Okay. Last question. We always do a a closeout question. Yes, sir. And um, if you could put a billboard up in any city, where would you put it? And what would it say? Um, I would put it. And I want to say this, I, I, I would put it in, in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I had the pleasure of going there to speak to some youth at a youth summit. And I've never seen in my lifetime um, the amount of death that's in the air and in the eyes of, 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 of young people. Um, that billboard would be there and I would put... Uh, Take the time to talk to your brother and love him just a little bit more. And black lives do matter. I just hope they matter to black people, too. Okay. All right. Well, we'd like to thank you, Mike, for joining us today. I thank you. Appreciate all that you've done and appreciate everything you're doing for the community. And uh, once again, uh, give us a couple of your uh, social media sites to you know, our listeners can, you know, join in or, or like I said, uh, support you in any way we can, either financial support or, you know, just to reach out and see if you need volunteers every once in a while. And and we do uh, just, yeah, like I said, Google and click on to uh, stand up for life. Just stand up for life. Number four, stand up. Number four, life. Okay. Um, and then the Q project and, um, and anything you want to know about GV Hot 97, put that right in your Google box. It's there. Uh, you can find us on Spotify. You can find us on iHeart. Okay. Um, right. So we appreciate the support, and we appreciate the following base and, and, and the people that, that uh, stand up for what we do and okay. those that stand up for life. We thank you. All right. Thank you, sir. Well, that's all for today's episode of Black Mentors, a production of Voiceland Media, LLC. Thanks for listening. Thank you to Mike Jackson for joining me today. Make sure you join us here every Wednesday as we ask, listen, learn, and invest in the knowledge and truths of black males from all socioeconomic backgrounds. Make sure you follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Please subscribe to the podcast on Anchor.fm, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and stay tuned for a new episode every Wednesday.